7.32 and following U.S. Federal Reserve officials' decision to leave interest rates unchanged, President Donald Trump accused the central bank of behaving like a stubborn child, refusing to cut interest rates for keeping credit too tight. So actually there you've got a president who's been very vocal about wanting to reduce those rates. That's something that perhaps many in the business sphere would would echo as well. As for what happens going forward, though, the Fed is expected to cut its interest rate at some point. Let's invite Professor Hwagyun Kim from the uh, Hwagyun Kim, rather, from the Department of Finance, Mays Business School, Texas A and M University, to analyze the global economic outlook. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for invite, Alex. So the Fed did leave those rates, that that level of 2.25 to 2.5% unchanged in June. Can you tell us how significant that decision was? So the information or the decision itself is not quite different from the previous one actually in 2019. However, if you um, read um, their statement, official statement, actually the tone has significantly changed. So now I think it's mentioning that increased uncertainty and also the economic outlook is not as good as it used to be. And also they won't try to just act as appropriate to sustain the expansion. And also the voting among these the voting members of the Federal Reserve, they actually start just, you know, uh, the uh, deviating a bit. So we have a split decision this time instead of the unanimous decision. So the, um, the Mr. James Bullard actually in St. Louis Fed, he actually prefers the, um, the 25 basis point cut instead of the, the staying the same. So as you can see, and also the economic forecast about the interest rate, future interest rate actually is getting down. So overall, I think the um, this time's meeting, although it's unchanged, um, not only that, it kind of sets the stage for the future interest rate cut. President Trump said the Fed blew it in a tweet. Why is he so critical, though, of this decision? He's he's been different from other um, you know the former presidents actually who usually do not mention about the the Fed decisions but anyway he's different so um, I think to understand this you know the uh, better I think we need to understand a bit about the yield curve so yield curve is basically the difference between the long term interest rate and short term interest rate and usually the longer term interest rates are higher than the short term interest rates. But if we look at the nowadays, the, you know, the Treasury, for instance, the U.S. government debt interest rate, and then 10-year interest rate is, 10-year maturity interest rate is about like 2.1%. And then three months, which is a short-term uh, Treasury interest rate, is about 2.3%. So we have actually have the inverted yield curve or the negative interest rate. The reason why this is actually important is typically this negative interest rate uh, difference between the long-term and short-term typically predicts the recession. So as you know, I mean, the, the Mr. Um, the Trump was noted, actually, in terms of their um, the uh, economic performance, and also he's a very business-friendly president. And then if the economic downturn is coming, then I think that's going to be very critical to his next year election. Exactly so right. He wants, to, he wants to really preemptively sort of respond to that. And also, in case that actually the recession comes, whether this actually is true or not, he can actually kind of blame that to, you know, see, I mean, I have told you, and why did you not actually just, you know, just lower the interest rate in a timely fashion? So I think it has many purposes, and I think it has some useful information.
But an economic downturn, of course, could be a, one of the most critical, if not the most critical issue in that election next year that you refer to. Of course, of course. So what? he tweets in many other things, but I think trade war, for instance, and things like that. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you briefly about the trade war, because before all this China business, actually all the indicators in the US were supposed to be very, very positive. Um, so what's going on? Like, Is this all down to the China trade standoff, this downturn that we're talking about? So I don't know all the details about this, you know, the Washington politics and anything. But in terms of economy, I think regardless of this uh, this China-U.S. or the U.S.-China trade war, um, the economic outlook for the U.S. has been slightly going downward or revised downward or just slightly negative. And um, so regardless, I think the economy has been super strong, but it's getting a little weaker. And coincidentally, I think a lot of jobs related to this U.S. manufacturing and things like that, Trump and also his voters actually sort of strongly think that it's actually related to this, you know, the China's, you know, the um, economic expansions and also the dominant sort of, you know, the production uh, basis in China. So I think, you know, Mr. Trump actually thinks that it's going to be an effective strategy to do actually trade war at this time. But I think that's just my guess. But clearly, because of that, it's going to have a short term you know the um the negative effects but i think the um the the he thinks that i think that's going to eventually be helpful to the u.s economy that's my guess i mean it's not my thought but yeah well it's worth it's worth your expertise to to question that um but the federal reserve's chairman jerome powell's been focusing on putting efforts to boost economic growth how different is this idea from from what President Trump himself has been speaking about? To me, I think they're actually talking about the same thing. I don't think they disagree with each other. What they actually disagree, I believe, is the timing and also the degree of the rate cut or more expensive um, the monetary policy. So that the, Mr. Trump actually wants to do it more quickly and in a more kind of the drastic way. However, from the, you know, the, the Mr. Powell's point of view, that's going to be very dangerous. And he also has to maintain the inflation target. I mean, the current inflation is pretty low, but I think you never know. So he wants to consider many additional factors, while in case of Trump, I think this is going to be relatively more sort of like the straightforward issue. So I think that's kind of the difference. But they're talking about the same thing to me. Inflation is one of the key factors, though, isn't it? Uh, When when inflation's on the low side, there there doesn't seem to be much of a a reason not to drop the interest rate, especially when you've got a bit of room to manoeuvre. Are there any other factors that we've got to consider here? I know here in Korea, for example, that there's this big worry about increasing uh, household debt mm-hmm. and real estate speculation if if we lower the rate, regardless of what's happening with inflation. That's true. So I think for the current U.S. economy, inflation is not a big issue. But um, the U.S. Um, has been this, doing this quantitative easing you know, for an extensive time, and that the amount of time, that means actually the Fed has been purchasing the assets a lot. So the current the Fed balance sheet actually holds a lot of assets, and they have been um, unwinding these assets, meaning they have been selling these assets, you know, um, and that means because they're selling these debts, all kinds of debts, including treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, that means the, as they just increase the supply by selling them, 
that actually lowers the price of these assets, meaning the interest rate actually going up to the opposite direction. So although they are actually announcing this policy rates going up, but at the same time, that actually also comes together with the unloading and unwinding their debt so that their balance sheet becomes better. Now, I think, you know, if they have to cut the rate again, then actually they can't do it because it's going to basically make the bond price going up. So instead of that, I think you basically want to sell, but you basically have to purchase again. So that's kind of a dilemma for the Fed, I think. Never straightforward, these questions, but we have seen warnings of a downturn, of a recession on the way. Mm. Investment banking company UBS, for example, said on Monday, the world economy is on the leading edge of a recession, which could prompt all major central banks to ease monetary policy in response. Is that an overly grim forecast or is that a realistic assessment, do you think? Um, I think it's overly, um, you know, the um, the ambiguous averse or the, you know, obviously, you know, just very cautious. But I think still it has some truth in it because uh, in case of the European countries, I think, you know, both the economic and political risk and uncertainties are very high. Because of that, I think from if you actually zoom into European economies, I think this one actually is more likely story. But now I think this China-U.S. or U.S.-China trade war is becoming an issue, and if it has negative um, the spillover effects, then I think the UBS story can be true. So I think it quite depends on the likelihood of this, actually, the U.S.-China trade war is becoming sort of like important issue for other countries as well, including the Europe. Then I think that story kind of makes sense to me. We always talk about the importance of sentiment, though, uh, in in governing these decisions. We've been hearing this morning how lots of people are taking interest in Bitcoin again. We occasionally hear about uh, interest in alternative or safe haven investment assets like gold and and silver. But we also have the possibility of the mood being lifted if things go well with the U.S.-China summit on the sidelines of the G20 summit this week in Japan. If we get a positive message from Presidents Trump and Xi, could that be a significant factor, or would that be more of a a short-term cool wind or positive wind into this uh, heated situation? Um. It depends on the you know how positive this actually message becomes or it will be. So um, I agree that if it's going to be significantly positive, then actually that's going to lift the uncertainty. However, uh, as we talked about, the uh, November election is next year, and also the, each country has different situations. So I'm not so sure if. Uh, the message is going to be very clearly positive. And if it's a mildly positive, still, I think that's going to be very good news. And then it's going to have a positive impact. And also these, you know, the investing in Bitcoin or the gold actually is going to be somewhat uh, reduced, I believe, if that's the case. But um, the no news is going to be good news in some sense. If it's a slightly negative news, then that can cause a lot of trouble, I think. And maybe, you know, these kind of the so-called safe haven assets like gold and uh, even Bitcoin now, I think, can go up in price. Let's, let's also just briefly reflect on the fact, as you suggested before, uh, there is this perception of local manufacturing. There is also the ability on the Trump side to, to paint a picture as he wishes uh, to to actually create his own reality um, by by claiming as fake news the, the, the reports he doesn't like. 
the, uh, the, the, the possibility seems to be there then that, that he will, if things don't go well with China, continue to try to celebrate any moves by manufacturers out of China, back to the US or elsewhere, and, and that those small gains will be seen as big victories among his fan base. And that's something I see reflected on social media. Could, could that be a big deal, do you think? Um, it's not going to have a really major economic impact, obviously. But yes, I think in terms of the election or um, other more sort of the news-driven type of events, I think that can be very effective. Yeah. So um, I think that's probably just what's going to happen. So I think in that sense, Trump is calculating very well about this kind of possibility as well. Yeah, well, it's probably reflective of the situation that that enters I a realm so. of politics and PR rather than your expertise of economics. And that's where we're at right so now. I think nowadays, I mean, I study a lot nowadays. I mean, I never studied, I think, sentiment or uncertainty driven by these media. But now I think we actually actively use these kind of measures to control for these kind of things. It's not just a psychological bias, but I think it's becoming important in you know, the expectation-forming device. So it's, it's important. Professor Hwagyun Kim out of Texas A&M University, pleasure to have you with us on the line today. It was a great pleasure. Thank you.